we're back in the Renaissance, Ray. Yes. How do you feel about you getting into the Christian stories, <laughs> man? You loving it? Um, I'm finding it intriguing, like a Vulcan. I wouldn't say that I'm. It's not converting me. I I, I don't feel a conversion coming on. <laughs> but but no, I I am enjoying. And we're going to get in. Hopefully, we're going to get into this tonight. Just truly how man made. A lot of this stuff is, but but no spoilers. I want to, I, I des- desperately want to go to my mom and go, see, see, get your Bible out of my face. But that won't make a difference, so I shan't. You shat? I, I shat. Um, <laughs> anyway. You shat, How are you, you doing, Cam? spoke like this. Yeah. I'm good, Ray. <laughs> Sunburn, I just told you. I've been out on site, construction sites, doing drone videos and stuff for a client. Right. Got, went out yesterday, got sunburnt. Fucking hot day anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was out on the construction site at six o'clock this morning and we're shooting video and doing stuff. And somebody says, so what do you, uh, what do you got on after this? I said, well, uh, going to spend a couple of hours uh, talking about some of the early Christian emperors and the Visigoth invasion of Rome, the sacking of Rome uh, in the early uh, fifth century. Actually, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> Just a light day, typical day for me. What do you got going on? Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> yeah. So over the next couple of episodes, we are going to start to talk about uh, more of of the uh, Goths and the Vandals and and their you know the, the 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 descent into the Dark Ages. As I've said a couple of times, yes, I believe it's partly to do with the closed mindedness of the Christians mm-hmm. and the 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 rise to power of the Christians and then bringing that with them. Don't question. Don't fucking look outside of what we tell you to look at. Don't look over there. Look into my Don't eyes. Don't look at those look statues. Look around my that's eyes. Right. Look into my eyes. Yeah. Um, but that's not the whole story. Obviously, the 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 fragmentation of the Western component of the Roman Empire because of the Goths and, and all this kind of stuff plays a role as well. And we we're going to start talking more about that uh, over the next couple of episodes. Nice. But yeah, right now we got to pick up where we left off at the end of episode six. Um. The Augustii, Valens, and Gratian mm-hmm. are dead. Aww. Valens burned alive in a cottage by the Goths. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, to- My bad. Toasted Valens. My bad. They had for breakfast that morning. Yeah. yeah. So what, do you smell? And Gratian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it smells like a burning, burning Valens. Um, and Gratian. Assassinated by the rebel general uh, Magnus Maximus, or one of his guys, right. uh, one of Magnus Maximus's guys. One story about that mm-hmm. assassination: while he was hunting down Gratian, the rebel general Andragathius, right. which is one of my favourite names. <laughs> Wish I'd called one of my kids. Yeah. Hey, Andragathius, <laughs> get, get up here. Come here. Um, the the. General apparently hid himself in a litter carried by mules. Litter being one of those things that you know they carry. It's like usually got a, a, a noble woman or right. a fat noble dude right. in it being carried. He hid himself in it and uh, ordered his guards to send out a report that the litter contained the wife of Gratian oh. to get him to come out of hiding. And he went all the way, Andrew Gathius. He apparently shaved his legs, put on a wig. Hello! Um, tucked his old fella. Right. Tucked, tucked his old fella in between his uh, thighs, right. you know. Uh, you know, wore a bra, got some makeup done, shaved his beard off. He fucking, he was, he was a method actor. 
Andrew Gathis, well known. Right. He was in the uh, late fourth century. Oh my God. Uh, Andrew Gathis for really committing. Yeah, yeah. Committing. Yeah. He's a bit like uh, 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 Christoph Waltz in uh, the 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 Nazi movie Inglorious Bastards that Tarantino did. Like he he fucking loved Just- hunting down <laughs> these guys. He committed to it. They, he wasn't the Jew hunter. Right. He was the 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 fucking got, Christian yeah, emperor yeah, hunter. Yeah. The Augustus yeah. Hunter, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? So I hunt in, Augustus. Uh, Augustus. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was in 383 when he hunted down Gradius. So here we are, 383. The only Augustus left with any real authority <laughs> is our Spanish mate, Theodosius. <laughs> That's how he spoke, because he was Spanish. He said, my name is Theodosius. <laughs> I am Theodosius. Uh, I come to uh, you. Kill my father. Prepare to die. Your father was a Spanish general. Yeah. I call, okay, okay, but you know, Still. it sounds good when I say it like that. I love them. Hello. Yeah. I am Theodosius. I do not think that word means what you think it means. Uh, there's also the kid emperor Valentinian the mm. second. He's about twelve. Hey. But uh, he's more interested in, you know, his pubes right. coming out, I guess. So uh, not really uh, not really the man of the hour. The no. man of the hour is Theodosius. Yeah, exactly. But Now, yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to say. You talk, I'll drink. Okay, you, yeah, you put some uh, some herbal cream on your burnt skin. Uh, just, just before Gratian died, he had, um, we were talking about this last time, he had uh, several, you know, important advisors. One of them was the Frankish general, Merobades, and the other one was the Bishop Ambrose of Milan. And if I remember correctly, we were talking at the end of the last show saying, we're going to drill down into this guy a little bit because Ambrose turns out to be a major player during this time. He certainly affects the history of the church um, for the, for between then and now. And so he, he's, he's a, he's a, one of the, I can't remember what the, actual description was something like one of the forefathers of the church or something like this. This guy's a big deal. So we're going to drill down into him a little bit. Yeah. Ambrose is the guy, like the, the guy that comes along mm-hmm. when, just when Christianity is taking hold or uh, starting to take hold of the um, upper management, <coughs> the executive management right. of the Roman empire, he comes along and he's just fucking wraps his iron fist around yeah. it. And says, "Bitch, we own this now." And About this city. Like the, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's 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 the architect of, and sort of the the, the theocracy. Uh, Ooh, that good one. The, the empire became. So, um, yeah, he was born into a Roman Christian family in Gaul, mm-hmm. Gala Belgica, right. aka kind of Belgium, up around that area, right. around three forty. CE and his father was some kind of official, maybe a Praetorian prefect in Gaul. Mm-hmm. So fairly, fairly high up yeah. in the the, the Roman, um, you know, management layers. Yeah. Ambrose, as a good son, followed his father uh, in, into public service as a young man, and and ends up as governor of a region in northern Italy known as Emilia Liguria. Ooh, I like that. Um, yeah, sounds sexy, right? <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Emilia Liguria. Okay, Cam, we're going on a double um, date. You can either have Liguria or Emilia. Which one do you want? Uh, I want <laughs> That's both, what I thought. You can sit there and Fine. you're on camera duty. Fine. Again. Oh, my God. Hey, just before you go on, did you read about the, you know, and, and of course this is not true, but did you read about the legend of Ambrose when he was a baby? 
I did, yeah. but you uh, okay. go ahead and tell that because story. This, I don't have it in my this, notes. This is just as, uh, as as credible as Christianity itself. So when he was in, when he's an infant, a swarm of bees settled onto his face when he was laying in a cradle. Obviously, his caregivers not doing a very good job of protecting him. The bees leave; they don't hurt him because obviously he's he's been touched by God, and they leave behind a drop of honey on his face. His father, whoever he was, uh, considers this a sign of his future eloquence and honeyed tongue. And because of this, bees or beehives often appear in his, if in the future he's going to be a saint, in the saint symbology. And, and just because we don't mention women enough on, on this show, not that it's our fault, uh, we don't know the name of his mother, Ambrose, but she was supposedly known for her intellect and piety, which is probably where he gets it from. You know how mothers are when they when they drive that stuff into their children. But anyway, so supposedly he is already, you know, on the path of something great is about to happen to him. And like you said, in 372, he becomes a governor. And then in the weirdest tale of tales, two years later, he's about to get a massive promotion. You know, that, that famous old um, sort of uh, hymn about Ambrose. Mm. Away in a manger, <laughs> no crib for his bed. <laughs> The little Ambrose had fucking bees around his head. head. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. I used to sing it to my kids. To put him to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he ends up as governor of the Amelia Liguria region. Now, this is an important region because the capital of this region was Mediolanum, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Milan. Right. And the imperial court has been based in Milan, or Mediolanum, since Diocletian moved it there mm. in 286. So it's a big deal. Now, yeah. do, you, uh, do you know why he moved it to Milan from Rome? Um, probably get tired of the smell. No, I, I don't know. Tell me why he moved it. <laughs> uh, well, my understanding is it was just kind of closer to the action. Right. You know, Rome is sort of halfway down the boot, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get any which 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 was good once upon a time when it was right. when it was when That's when, where the action know, was. Uh, the if, fighting. Yeah. When it was just Aenus, well when it was Aenus and they were like founding the whole thing, Romulus and Remus and Aenus and these guys and they're like, well, you know, we want to we want to get away from everybody else. We want our own little spot of the world. Right. But when you've got this massive empire, it takes a long time to get from Rome sure. to Gaul, from Rome to Illyricum from Rome to Greece. Anywhere. So um, you can catch boats and all that kind of but it's, it's hard to move yeah. 50,000 guys <laughs> on boats, as we know, logistically challenging, and horses and elephants. And right. All. So um, Milan, which is up the north part of Italy, um, you know, sort of transalpine, sorry, cisalpine Gaul, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's kind of much faster for people to get to him and for him to get to wherever he ah. needs to go. The court, the royal court, to needs to get to Gaul. He knocking knocking a couple of weeks off the trip. Nice. Don't have to get from Rome to there in the first place. He's just boom straight out. <laughs> boom. Here I am. Boom. That's how he's doing. Yeah, here I am. Yeah, before they they go. Somebody, somebody. Oh fuck, he's here already. How did <laughs> you that happen? Scared me, Emperor. Oh my god. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So that's why Diocletian moved it there. Now he didn't stick around there uh, very long, though. He, he he, as we know, ended up moving to Nicomedia mm-hmm. and Maximian. Uh, who, by the way, was the spitting image of Orson Welles. I don't right. know if you saw yes. that post on our yes. Facebook group. I love group, that. But 
there's a sculpture of Maximian, and then there's photos of Orson Welles in the, the other side of the wind, I think. Look, exactly. I saw the sculpture. I was like, fuck me, that's Orson <laughs> Reincarnation, Welles. bitch. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so he made his court in Milan. So it's the, it's the basic it's – the, it's not the capital of the Western right. Empire. That's still Rome. Yeah. The Senate is still based in Rome. But it's just where the imperial court mm-hmm. is, just, just for practicality purposes. Anyway, it's obviously, since then, very, very important yeah. Milan. And now uh, Ambrose mm-hmm. is the governor of that region. So it's 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 pretty good uh, career move right. to end up as the governor of, of the region where Milan is. He's, he's going to be close to the emperor's. They're going to know him. They're going to be on first, he's going to be on first-name basis right. with the imperial court. Everyone's going to know who he is, et cetera. Um, by the way, Mediolanum, uh, I think, means middle of the plains, but it was also kind of the middle of the Western Empire. Right. Um, it was, you know, not very very nicely positioned, quick to get everywhere. Mm-hmm. All roads lead to Milan, they said. And somebody said, no, <laughs> no, no, that's, no, that's not what we... Trademark, bitch. So, um, yeah, Rome, you know, Rome was... Good from a safety perspective early mm-hmm. on. Um, good, you know, it's not on any border, right? Which is good from a safety perspective. Not good for reactivity, right? If that's it a is word, now. being able to react quickly. Yeah. But also not so great in terms of safety, as we'll see when the Goths decide. <laughs> you know what? We, we need a new. We'll pay a visit. We need some new digs. Right. Yeah, Rome, Rome looks good. I've heard that's nice this time of year. Did you see it snowed in yeah. Rome a couple of days ago? I put a video from um, from a drone of the Colosseum. I saw that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And we're going to be there in, in June. Yep. Ray, you and me that's right. in Rome. Hugging it out. With, with a handful, handful oh, of listeners. Oh, oh, right. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Handful. So Ambrose is the governor, and he actually gets the position from one of the richest Roman aristocrats of the time, Sextus Claudius Petronius Probus, <laughs> a.k.a. Sexy Claudie Pepe, as they call him. Come from a long line of proctologists. Sexy Claudia Pepe. Hey. Probus. Probus, yeah. <laughs> Probus, Pro- yeah, probe this. <laughs> probe this, bitch. Sexy... Sexy Claude was uh, was himself a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody's perfect. Had been pro had been proconsul of Africa and then Praetorian prefect four times in four different regions, um, and he was co-consul with the Emperor Gratian. Mm-hmm. So this guy is kind of the kind of the man. Right. He's he's kind of the the the. Current day Crassus mm. in a lot of ways. Super rich, powerful, top of the food chain, right. sexy Claude. Um, probably knew Ambrose's day. Uh, sorry, fucking. Probably knew Ambrose's father from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, when he was proconsul of one of these regions, probably somewhere in Gaul, probably knew right. the Praetorian prefect. Probably known uh, Ambrose since he was a kid. Um, you know, you know the whole client uh, relationship that the Romans had. So anyway, he made Ambrose governor of Emilia Liguria, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty good gig, and he holds that position for a couple of years. But then, as you said, in in 374, the bishop of Milan died. Mm. They were going to need a new bishop, right? But the the bishop there was an Arian. 
And as we know, so just to recap for people, the Arians are Christians, but they believe that Jesus and God are different things. Jesus is fucking awesome, don't get me (laughs) wrong. Love the guy. But but he's not God. Right. You know. And they they use the Bible to back that up. The Nicenes are the Trinitarians. They go, no, 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 son. (laughs) God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all the same thing. But they're different. Right. How does that work? Don't, don't fucking don't look ask too us close, how man. it works. We don't. Right. We don't know how it works. It just we is. know it's true. Why? Just why is it? Because we said so. <laughs> just uh, because because it, it sounds has to good. Be. Why? I don't there know. There is no yeah, why. Like, well, no, it doesn't. There is. There, there is, is no, no why. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, faith. That's why. That's why it's so cool. Because there is no why. <laughs> So that's so. These guys are still still fucking. Yes. Fine. Constantine was dealing with them seventy years ago. They're still at each other, and there's this big sort of riot in in Milan. Whether they should have an Arian bishop next or a, or a Nicene bishop, Ambrose, being the governor, goes there to keep the peace. Probably got some troops with him. He's like, "Hey, all Oi. right, everyone, calm the fuck, <laughs> calm the fuck down. Hey, you, get down off of that. Stop. No, Take your hand stop off. Defecating on." <laughs> Yeah, get stop pissing in that guy's ear. That's not how we do it. <laughs> You're Christians for somebody God's sake. Somebody yells out. Yeah, somebody yells out. Ambrose should be the new bishop. And then, uh, and he's like, "What? Well, no, 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 kill not me. that no, man! No, You're crazy. Yeah. I'm the governor. Why would I think no?" <laughs> anyway, next thing you know, Ambrose made the new bishop. Yeah. Only problem is Ambrose isn't even baptized. <laughs> And has zero training in theology. How much? Uh, zero. <laughs> yeah, zero. They said, uh, you ever ever read the Bible? No. No, I never read the I'm Bible. Qualified. You ever heard? Well, I've heard of yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But no, no. I'm too busy. Got things to yeah. do. I'm a governor for fuck's sake. You know, speak- I'm on the fast track, man. I'm going to be emperor one day. He could have been emperor yeah. one day. You know, he's like, no, no, but no. But now no, he's no, screwed. Yeah, yeah. But now he's a bishop. Yeah. Um, these are just hiccups. <laughs> hiccups for the bishops, as I wrote in my notes. What, what? Now, I, I have to give Ambrose a lot of credit because when, when obviously he's got to get baptized, obviously he's got to start his training, but he does, as far as I could tell, turn his life around. He gives his money to the poor. He donates his lands. He does set aside some assets for his sister, uh, Marcelina, who is going to become a nun, but he does get into the spirit of it, if you will, no pun intended, and, and, he, and he makes some solid moves. And because he is one of these few guys, because of his education, who can speak really and write Greek, which is rare in the West, uh, he's, a, he's a, a going to be able to dig down into the Old Testament, speak to some people, write some letters, and he's going to impress some very uh, impressive people in their own right. Yeah. He, um, I, I'm you sound like you're fairly suspicious about this whole story. Okay. No, like this whole story, um, I was reading, I was like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. nah. Now, the... There is a time for the rest of like the next whatever thousand odd years, fifteen hundred mm-hmm. years. Um, you didn't have to be particularly religious to be a bishop or, or even a, a cardinal. Right. Um, I remember um, shit. What's his name? Napoleon's uh, Secretary of State, Talleyrand. Talleyrand. Yeah. Talleyrand. Yeah. So remind. So you know. For the next 1,800 years, whatever, uh, um, you didn't have to have any sort of theological background to be a bishop or a cardinal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Talleyrand, Napoleon's Secretary of State, basically. Correct. Um, 
uh, which Napoleon, who Napoleon once referred to as a stocking full of shit. Um, <laughs> but it sounds good in French. <laughs> like a, a, a silk stocking full of shit, <laughs> I like. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did sound better in yep. French. Oh, this dogging for the merde. Um, he was a bishop at one point, but you know, no religious training. Right. He was just he came from came from money, yeah. and they just they used to just buy these things. Being a bishop was was a good gig. Right, you, you you got a nice house, you got a big bunch of land, you had servants, people came and paid you their their taxes. Nice. And you got you got to dispose a little bit of you know authority. Hey, you fucking say your hail marys. You, yeah. you know, stop fucking that cow. That's not right. Or your cousin. You, know, you got to you got to have some. Yeah, you got to. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. It's French. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, this is France. It's France. It's France. After all. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, he did actually have some theological work uh, studies later on. I think and. This is this is bef- before the revolution, you know. He ended up um, representing the Catholic Church to the French crown. But I think when he first became a bishop, it was sort of it was bought. Anyway, yeah. getting back to our mate um, Ambrose, no theological background whatsoever. Now, Gratian is still alive at this stage, mm-hmm. and I think Gratian thinks, you know, we need we need uh, we need a real operator, yeah, to be running the church in Milan. You know, we, we, we don't need some religious dude because they're all nutbags. Yeah. They're, they're this, uh, you know, they, they, can't, they can't get anything done. They're just Too bitching and arguing. Most yeah. we, need a, we need a power play here. We need someone in the church that we can work with that can get shit done and use the authority that the church has with its congregation ah. to lay down the fucking law of the land and do it in sync with the Augustus. So in other words, you need a workhorse, not a thoroughbred. Somebody get that. Sh- I, it reminds me of a movie about a church when I was a kid. I have no idea. Sorry. Just thought I'd throw that in there. But the point is, yeah. So someone who can actually get shit done and wield the power of the church, which is in a, in a beneficial way to the, uh, to the emperor. So I apologize for all that. It just came out. <laughs> he was a politician, a poli- I think. He was a politician yeah. as a bishop. Somebody who can be an asset. So anyway, and it doesn't matter if he has a fucking clue about Christianity or not. Because that's, that's just a bonus. Right. Well, Christ- Christianity is becoming powerful, and Gratian wants someone in this job who can be a, a an a- can be can be sort of his sidekick and get shit done. So anyway, so they they maneuver uh, Ambrose into this job. Mm-hmm. Um, now, something fishy going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I think it smells like teen spirit, either teen spirit <laughs> or victory in the morning. Uh, I'm going to go with teen spirit. Okay. Load up on guns, bring your friends, fun to lose and to pretend she's overborn and self-assured. I know, I know, a dirty word. Hello, hello. Now, entertain us! I'm Lotto! 
You like that? Yeah, that was a cappella, right? That was the ghost of Kurt, okay. man. Right. Just right. uh, yeah. Well, getting to, I'm going to talk about a cappella later in the show. Okay. <laughs> Where that comes from, gotcha. anyway. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's fishy. They cooked it up amongst themselves. Now, as I said, the previous bishop of Milan was Zanarian. His name was Auxentius. <laughs> now, Gratian, the emperor, is an, is Nicene. And you can't have an Arian bishop in the home yeah. of the Nicene emperor. No. So Gratian wanted a Nicene bishop who was also a politician. Also, there's a new pope in Rome, Damasus, again a Nicene. Mm. He's accused of murder and adultery with a married woman, <coughs> but that's a story for another time. They go, don't, don't, don't look over here. Don't look over. Don't look into my eyes. Look around, don't look around my eyes. Look into my eyes. He's the pope. Oh, that was probably his qualifications to get the job. If the president does it, then it must be legal, uh, was their thought, is their story. Now, the Pope had accused Oxentius, the uh, Arian bishop, of being a heretic, mm-hmm. and you can't afford to have a heretic as the bishop of the Diocese of Milan, where no. the emperor is, one of the emperors anyway. So Oxentius died, this uh, heretic Arian bishop. Wait, 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 did he die wink, wink, or did he? Uh, we don't, okay. we don't right. know. Yeah, maybe suspicious circumstances, maybe not. We don't know. But either way, he died, and Gratian engineers it, so his buddy Ambrose is the new bishop. Um, It's a bit like, I think of it as a bit like when American businesses got Reagan elected governor of California and then president. Mm -hmm. Like, he was an actor, not a politician. He And they're like, well, he knows how to read the scripts that we give him. He's been doing that for years. We'll just keep writing the scripts. And because uh, he'd been a he'd been a shill for I think GE for years before he became a politician, going around and you know giving pep talks to their uh, workers in factories. And I stuff. watched a part of a documentary that had Nancy Reagan constantly pushing him to to go for into politics because the career was winding down or whatever, and she wanted the power, she wanted the authority. It's almost like a Macbeth thing. And so you never know how much of that's true, but supposedly she wasn't as um spineless as she as she comes across, but supposedly she just kept on pushing him to go for bigger and bigger, uh, greater and greater heights, and then there they came the presidency. So I don't know, I have to remember that. I'll I'll put it on the uh bullshit filter if I can remember just so cause it was just a whole different take on their story that I found fascinating. Have you heard anything like that? Hmm. No, never have. But I've read a couple of interesting sort of biographies on Reagan. It would be interesting to do a Reagan bio and the bullshit filter at some stage. Because, you know, these days he's got this same thing. And uh, we we know because we did it on the gun control thing where he was all – he was pro-gun control. He raised taxes, all of this stuff that Republicans are uh, for – Today, you know, pro-guns and no taxes, Reagan was against. And his story is actually kind of yeah. fascinating. Yeah. We should do that. I think I think it's a major turning point in, in particularly presidential politics in America, uh, Reagan, because, yeah, the, the corporation's got an actor to play right. the role of president and got away with it. Nice. So this is Ambrose. And so Ambrose is a nice scene to not an Aryan. Um, now, when he gets appointed, the Aryans in Milan kick up a stink. They were uh, the Arians in Milan. They were they were known as the Milanarians, I think. The Mil- <laughs> Milana, Milana, Milana. Milana, okay. Milano Arians. Better than I can oh do. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Hey, before you move on, I wanted to ask, um, just just to go drill down a little hole for a second, have you read The City of God by Augustine of Hippo? I have read bits of it. Yeah, I haven't finished it, but I've read bits of it. Okay, based on what you know, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, Augustine of Hippo, who wrote The City of God, he also wrote Taxi Cab Confessions. But I'm probably wrong on that second one. Uh, anyway, so so he, he's he's not really impressed with Christian preachers until Ambrose comes along. Supposedly, Ambrose is very articulate when it comes to writing, giving speeches, and that kind of stuff. But the reason I thought this was interesting, based on what you've read, would it be worth maybe doing an episode on the text "City of God" because it talks about the basically the book is a response to allegations um, that Christianity helped bring down Rome, that it expounds on the many profound questions of theology, such as the suffering of the righteous, the existence of evil, the conflict between free will and divine omniscience, and the doctrine of original sin. So I wasn't sure if that's maybe going way too down a rabbit hole to have an episode on that. But I just, but, but my whole point of all this is that Ambrose, even though he didn't start out being religious, to some degree, he seems to really get into it, and he's very, very intelligent, well-educated, and he's impressing a lot of the people who, are, who would be considered his peers in, in the religious sense. Yeah, look, we're going to get to Augustine, okay. um, you know, uh, in the next, I don't know, at some point. And obviously he is the successor to Ambrose and, and the major figure, right. I guess, okay. of sort of 5th fifth, fifth century Christianity and, and all of this kind cool. of stuff. So we're definitely going to see right. some time. I just think it'd be interesting, some interesting topics there. Yeah. yeah. So Ambrose is made the bishop. The, the Arians in Milan kick up a stink. And um, a couple of the Arian bishops asked Gratian to hold another council, like the Council of Nicaea. They've had a ton of these councils. Again, to you know, hear these arguments about Arians right. versus the, the Nicenes, no one's giving up easy yeah. on this. Um, and Ambrose is obviously not going to let that happen. And, and Gratian's a Nicene as well. So they conspire and they say, yes, we will hold a council, but... <laughs> We're only going to put Nicene bishops on it. So uh, no Arians are invited, but you can come and make your case, but it's only going to be Nicene bishops that are going to decide on it. So that's obviously... (laughs) Yeah, and and that was in uh, 380... I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to write. Yeah, so that's in 381, the two main Arian bishops... Polydeus and Secundianus are the ones who wanted the council, but you're right. I'm um, Gratian and Ambrose can't let this happen, so they, um, like you said, sabotage the gathering before it can happen. And I'm not sure where you're going to go to next, but I wanted um, the next part that I have. Obviously, just after this, two years after this, Gratian is killed. But a little bit after that, a couple of years after that, is when um, Valentinian and his mother who were backed up by some very powerful Arian military men, make a demand of some churches in Milan. So that's the next part that I have. Do you have that, or do you have something before that? Yeah, no, I think that's uh, the next okay. uh, story to yeah. tell. So Valentinian the first was based in Milan. Right. Um, when he's with doing his threesomes. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, the good old days. His youngest, well, his young son, I'm sure he's the youngest, Valentinian II, is now Augustus. He's Gradian's half-brother. You know, I said he was like 12 yeah. in uh, three Still a kid, when Gradian's yeah. dead. Uh, with his hot bisexual mother, Justina, <laughs> um, they, go to, they go to Milan. Um, and... <laughs> oh. 
and they're RNs, as you yeah. say. And so they they demand they're going to need some churches. Look, look, we got to have it. We got to do our own thing because the RNs in the nineteenth had their own. Their own. They needed their own churches, yeah. their own fucking prayers, their yeah. own deals. For some reason, they couldn't get. That's how much they couldn't get along. Right. They couldn't even. They're like. They're, it's like you know racial segregation. Separate but, but it's equal. Christian segregation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they 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 demand that Ambrose uh, uh, provide him provide them with a couple of churches in Milan where they can have their services. And he says, "Thank you, but no, thank you." <laughs> yeah, he says no. no. Now, Valentinian the second is the Augustus. You can't refuse the Augustus. <laughs> I got God on my side. But apparently you can <laughs> refuse the Augustus if you're Ambrose. This is how powerful yeah. he is. Yeah. He's the new sheriff in town. He's not taking any shit from anybody, including the Augustus. Now, I, th- I thought it was... He yeah, is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, so, so basically I just thought it was interesting that, yeah, these guys come... Um, Valentinian II, even though he's a kid, he's got his mother there who's very powerful. She has her own bishop. She has her own um, advisors and military men. And they say, you know, why don't you you keep a church in the city for the Nicenes and then give us like St. Victor's in the suburbs for, for the Arians? And he, he, he won't even... He wouldn't even talk to him about it. And they say, okay, well, let, here, let's compromise. Give us something even smaller. Give us like the Portian Basilica in the suburbs. But again, Ambrose says no, because Ambrose is a lot like the NRA. If he says yes to even one request, it's going to begin a whole deluge of changes. So he says no to each and every request. And you're right. How do you say that to an emperor? I don't know. But he did. And, 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 and and I don't know how sincere this guy is, but he's certainly doing the job that Gratian had expected of him by defending the Nicene Creed. Basically, but he, he like you said, he has no problem saying no to the highest authorities, whether he's sincere or not, who knows. But he is starting to piss these people off. And they're not giving up. In 386, Justine and Valet, Valentinian, again, they received the Arian bishop. Uh, Exentius, I'm not sure to say his name, Exentius, uh, the younger. And again, Ambrose is ordered to hand over church in Milan for the Arian use. But again, he does not do it. And he decides to defy them this time in a very old school kind of way. Yeah. And I, I just, before we get into that, I just yeah. want to stop and, and think about this. Like, this is really, really remarkable. This is one of the turning points of history right here right. that we're looking at. For somebody to stand up and say no to an emperor, a religious mm-hmm. leader, uh, and a Christian leader, keep in mind that, okay, we're, we're, we're like still, I don't know, 383, yeah. something like that. Yeah, Gradian died 383, so this is about 383, 384. Christianity only became legal <laughs> 70 years ago, <laughs> right? two generations ago. They were they were an illegal cult being persecuted. They now within two generations of becoming legal, the blink of an eye, you've got a, 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 a bishop who was had no theological training. He's a governor. <laughs> He's basically standing up to the now the emperor is a kid, yes, but uh, and he's got another emperor on his side, Theodosius. But he's standing up to one of the Augusti I and saying, "No, you can't. Yeah. You can't have that. No, yeah. I refuse." The by the power vested in me <laughs> by the Lord, I'm saying 
go fuck yourself. Right. The Father, you know, the Son, and this, the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Father, the Son, and the go fuck yourself. Like, this is... <laughs> This is astounding to me, and I, you know, this is the point, and we're going to see more of how Ambrose uh, throws his weight around. Yeah, this is where Christianity starts to feel like it is actually the power, mm-hmm. not and and not just the spiritual power, but the temporal power. This is where Christianity starts to go. No, we we're not just you know here to say your prayers and to connect with Jesus, right. and, you know, to talk about your 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 eternal soul. Feel good, we feel get good. to determine what yeah. happens, how yeah. emperors behave. We are now the authority, and it's an astounding moment in history. This guy must have had balls the size of watermelons. Well, let, let me look at it a different way. If, if I'm a 14-year-old boy, and my mother has pounded the Christian faith into me from day one, and I am really into this, and I ask something of my bishop, and he says no— even though I didn't get what I want, isn't my, theoretically, uh, my faith, doesn't it demand that I go along with this person who I'm supposed to revere or who's supposed to be closer to God than I am? So you're right, don't get me wrong, it's, it's absolutely courageous on Ambrose's part, but I wonder if this kid is feeling truly, sincerely like he's a Christian, and if he is, is he putting himself under the yoke of this older man who is a bishop? But either but way, it just, shows the power. Yeah. It's not just the kid. I mean, the kid is going to be surrounded by a retinue of advisors, mm-hmm. right? His, his, his magister officerum, his magister magisterum. He's going to have um, senior senior uh, political advisors around him. He's going to have his mother, all right. of these people that are, are telling him, no, 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 you're the power here. He's also... He's been raised a Christian, yes, but he's also been raised as you know the ah, heir to right. the, the throne. Um, I, I just find it astounding that Christianity, in such a short period of time, has developed the the temerity and the arrogance for a bishop to be able to say no mm-hmm. to an emperor. And but there's there's a the key point here too is that he's saying no to an Arian. Right. Christian emperor, not a nice scene. He's laying down, although he's going to do that in, in not too long as well. <laughs> so anyway, um, he basically, as you say, uh, the, the, the the mother and Valley the second, Valley two, uh, <laughs> saying, give us some churches. He says no. They bring in, they, they make it an imperial order. They bring in an army. Ambrose and his congregation barricade themselves inside the church and say, well, you can take the church, but you're going to have to kill us in the process. That's not a good look. While all <laughs> this is going on, the, uh, the, the British rebel emperor, general slash emperor Magnus Maxentius, mm-hmm. killed Gradian, and he's going to invade Italy. Right. He's coming. He's like, you know, I'm taking over, bitches. And Valley 2 decides, for whatever reason, that he needs Ambrose's help. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So Justina and Valley 2 are very mad at Ambrose, but you're absolutely right. They need his help. 
Magnus Maximus, who was a commander of Britain, who saw how unpopular Gratian was, comes down, invades Gaul in 383, and he's thinking about coming even further, going the rest of the way to, to take the rest of it. But Theo, Theodosius I, sends a general with a powerful force to stop him, and in 384, Ambrose goes himself to talk to Mag- Mad Max. He intervenes, and this guy agrees not to come any further. But that's not going to work a second time, and this guy is going to end up coming south. But for a while, Ambrose was able to intervene, and and probably with his position, a very powerful uh, personality, he was able to stop this guy, who's got a very impressive army at his back. So now Ambrose and Valley 2, they've kind of got a detente. Neither of them's changing their position on Aryan versus Nicene, but at least they're kind of, right. you know, they're, they're kind of they're kind of pally. And and Valley the kid gets used as a pawn in the wars, not just between the Aryans and the Nicenes, but between the Christians as well as the pagans. The mm. the, the, the pagan sent, senator in Rome, Quintus Aurelius Symmachus, the prefect of Rome, quite famous if you read this period. Um, you know, one of the last great pagan senators and, and orators, mm-hmm. he had tried to get Gradian to restore the altar of victory, established, as we said, by Augustus um, in, to, to, to thank uh, the god of victory uh, for his um, successful battle at um, Actium against right. uh, Cleopatra and Marcus Antonius. Um, so Marcus had been the lead guy trying to get Gradian to restore the order of victory. Gradian had said no. Um, now he tries again with the kid emperor, Valley II. Um, Valley, again, at the assist- insistence of Ambrose, says no. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. Ambrose and Samarcus were cousins. Ooh, awkward family reunions. Were, yeah, both from the gens Aurelii Samaki. Mm. So they were they were related. I think a little bit of cousin cousin rivalry right. there. One's a one's a bishop. One's right. a senator, prefect of Rome. He's like, fuck you. I'm not giving you what you want. Um, now, Samarcus's plea has actually been saved. Uh, we actually have it, and we have mm. Ambrose's rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Um, Symmachus brings up Constantine the first and tries to get them to follow Constantine the Great's example. And I've, I've got a bit of this. I won't read it as um, awesome. <clears throat> Maybe I will read it as awesome. Was. It's a little bit like my Churchill, but um, awesome. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> no, I can't do an awesome Wells. I love awesome Wells, but how do you do an awesome Wells? Man? I, what is it? It's just um, a droll, dragged out, deep, penetrating. Yeah. 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 You need, you need a much deeper voice than right. you have. Right, okay, um, gotcha. Anyway, so Marcus says, um, follow the example of Constantine. He diminished none of the privileges of the sacred virgins. He filled the priestly offices with nobles. He did not refuse the cost of the Roman ceremonies and following the rejoicing senate through all the streets of the eternal city. He contentedly beheld the shrines with unmoved countenance. He read the names of the gods inscribed on the pediments. He inquired about the origin of the temples and expressed admiration for their builders. Although he himself followed another religion, he maintained its own for the empire. For everyone has his own customs, everyone his own rights. The divine mind has distributed different guardians and different cults to different cities. Mm. As souls are separately given to infants as they are born, 
so too peoples the genius of their destiny. Here comes in the proof from advantage, which most of all vouches to man for the gods. For since our reason is wholly clouded, whence does the knowledge of the gods more rightly come to us than from the memory and evidence of prosperity? Now, if a long period gives authority to religious customs, we ought to keep faith with so many centuries and to follow our ancestors as they happily followed theirs. So, Symmachus is is making a reasonable case. Look, even Constantine, who was one of you guys, and he kind of kicked this whole thing off, (laughs) uh, even he understood religious toleration. Even he respected the, the traditions of our ancestors and 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 allowed us to keep doing it. And you know what? He, you know, we Roman history accepts that this idea that there are a lot that it's all one thing. You know, all the different religions are basically saying the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. the, we see we have different names for the same yeah. gods, and 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 we all want the same thing. So let's just all get along, motherfuckers. Yeah. Live and let live. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ambrose wrote a rebuttal. Get stuffed. Oh, sorry. Samarcus, which he gave to Valley 2. I'm not going to read it, but in essence it says, look, yes, um, that is all true, but progress is good, and Christianity is the latest religion, and so it's cooler than the old religion. <laughs> look, now, we've got a leather jacket with a collar up. You don't. Ergo, No. Funnily enough, you don't really hear Christians extolling the values of progress uh, very much these days. No. They're like, no, no, this thing's really old. You've got to stick yeah. with it, man. It's really old and old is cool. Old is Back good. then, they were like, no, 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 old is boring, man. The new thing is the cool thing. We want to be part of the new thing. He also said it's not fair that Christians attending the Senate House should be insulted by the smell of animal sacrifices happening on the altar of victory. They shouldn't have to see it or hear it or smell the smoke. So that was one of his key arguments as well. Mm. So anyway, Valentinian sides with Ambrose. Right. So so the one thing that I was talking about earlier when um, Ambrose is able to stop Max the first time, a part of that agreement was, I think we might have mentioned this on the last show, um, Val- Valentinian II and Theodosius I are, are going to recognize Maximus as the Augustus in the West. So the West is going to be split up between Mad Max and Val, but one, Mad Max wants the rest of it, and two, Val is starting to get older. He's still a kid, but he's starting to get into his teenage years, and pretty soon, hopefully, if, as far as his mother is concerned, he'll be able to come into his own. Yeah, so Mad Max, uh, you know, he, he, the first time he tries to invade, he's basing, basing himself now in Gaul and Hispania. Mm-hmm. Theodosius sent um, his master of soldiers, Flavius Bauto, nice. the Magister Militum, with a big army. It wasn't just Ambrose who went and talked right, Mad Max right. out of it. it that was, was the Theodosius. Yeah, yeah. Theodosius, his army, and Ambrose. <laughs> Ambrose, you might go, well, what the, what, what's a fucking bishop got to do with it? Well, Maximus is a good Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fighting other good Christians to see which Christian Jesus loves the most, because that's important. <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, and Ambrose went and gave him the, like, you know, look, Jesus doesn't want this kind of thing. And he goes, how do you know? And he goes, oh, because, you know, I had some theological training last week, and that's what they t- Anyway, Correspondence, Theodosius course. did a deal. 
Theodosius did a deal with Mad Max at the time, basically saying, look, you can call yourself emperor mm-hmm. and you can have Britannia and Gaul and Valley too is going to have Italy, Hispania, Africa and Pannonia. Mm-hmm. So they do a deal. He's, he's happy with that. Just leave the kid Italy and, and Africa, man. Just back to yeah, in Spain. Okay. Yeah. You can have Britain and Gaul. That's not bad. Now, Maximus, as I said, was, was a good Christian. And, and as a good Christian, he did what all good Christians do, what Jesus wanted. And he killed a lot of heretics, <laughs> um, including Christians, um, including the bishop, Priscillian, who was a Christian Gnostic. Right. Um, now, you know, Gnosticism was one of the big um, sects or factions of mm-hmm. Christianity. Uh, if, if people have heard of the, I'm not sure if I've talked about this before, but the Nag Hammadi scriptures uh, that were found, discovered in Egypt in 1945, I think, a, a dude is walking his camel through some land and sure. <laughs> in somewhere in Egypt and uh, camel's foot. Goes, you know, you know, sort of goes into a hole in the ground, like there's a uh, some sort of underground cavern, right? And he opens it up, and there's these earthenware pots. And he looks in, there's all these old documents. Turns out they're Gnostic scriptures. Um, Wow, very, very old. I think they were buried, you know, sort of third or fourth century. Um, Obviously, the 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 Catholics were going around trying to burn and destroy. All mm-hmm. of the Gnostic texts and the Gnostic, some, somebody went, well, fuck, I'm going to hide these and <laughs> come back and get them next month and uh, when we're legal again. And, and he probably died or forgot right. where he buried them. But they're, they're really, really important because there's a lot of scriptures that we knew about because the early Christian fathers had written about them, the Catholic fathers, but mm-hmm. calling them, you know, heretical. But we they didn't exist. We we had no copies of them because they'd all been destroyed. Right. And so we now have a ton of those. Uh, interesting thing too is, uh, is when scholars they've only they were discovered in forty five, but they've only started to be translated in the last twenty years and, and hmm. made publicly available. One of the things that scholars have discovered is the way the Gnostic scriptures were depicted by the early Orthodox Christian uh, fathers is not accurate. You know, their, their depiction of them was um, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they, they say this and they say that. They didn't say any of that kind of stuff. It was, <laughs> they were very tame compared to how they were made out to be by the Christian fathers. Right. Any Anywho, um, and it's also one of the things that we've learned as a result of the Nakamadi scriptures is there will, you know, we, we, we're familiar with the four Gospels in the New Testament, right? Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we knew that there were others, but we, we hadn't been able to read them. Now we can read a lot of them. You know, there was like another 10 or 20 wow. Gospels. Um, the Gospel of Thomas and, and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene and, you know, the Gospel of James and a whole bunch of others, Gospel of Peter. All these other gospels that that never made the cut um, and and were disappeared, and we now have those, and we can see you know there was so many different variations on the ah. Jesus story running around in those first few hundred years. Um, my favourite, I always say, is the gospel of um, the uh, uh, gospel of uh, Tim, the infancy gospel of Thomas. Now it's called the infancy gospel of Thomas. 
It's basically, as I always call it, it's the gospel of Jesus the Superboy. It's basically <laughs> Jesus as a kid. So in the infancy gospel of Thomas, Jesus is a kid and he's got superpowers and he's doing crazy shit. Right. This is true. This I'm not making any of this up. There's this great story where I'm paraphrasing, you know, you can tell it in cam style, but there's this great story where <laughs> Jesus is sitting down by the river one day, um, getting mud and turning the mud into mud sparrows or swallows, little birds, and then he's putting them in a bucket. Right. And then he'll pull one out of the bucket and he'll blow on it and throw it up in the air and say, fly and be free, like Mork. Sure. And it will fly away. <laughs> he's, 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 he's bringing these mud swallows to life. Right. Clear pigeon. And right. another, another, another kid comes down from the village. He goes, hey, uh, kid Jesus, what you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm doing some magic <laughs> on these clay pigeons. And the kid accidentally knocks the bucket over and all of these things fall in the water. Jesus, your kid Jesus is pissed and he... Puts the, puts the stink eye curse on this other kid, oh, and the kid crap. like falls over and dies, <gasps> and um, uh, or or he gets really really sick. He gets really really sick, or he right. dies. One of the two, you know, right? And and he's in a coma or something. Something Jesus puts a curse on him. Something bad. Anyway, this kid's <coughs> parents find him, and this kid's dad goes to see Joseph. And Here says, we go. Hey, your 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 kid, you know, messed with my kid. And Joseph goes to see Kid Jesus and says, hey, listen, fucking, you know, undo that magic curse you put you on this kid because you little shit. And uh, Kid Jesus says to his dad, this is one of my favorite, he says, listen, listen, old man, you obviously don't know who the fuck you're talking to, but I'm going to let you off this one time and I'll bring the kid oh, back you. to life. Yeah, I'll yeah. bring the kid back to life. But if you ever... Ever, ever talk to me like that again, I'm going to open up a can of whoop-ass on you that you will not fucking believe. And that's, I'm not making this up. This is a true, the infancy gospel of Jesus. Um, go read it sometime. It's available online. You can find the full text. It's fucking hysterical. Anyway. Oh, my God. So um, the Gnostics, yes. So the Bishop Priscillian that Max, Maximus had killed. Priscillian was a wealthy uh, aristocrat um, from Hispania. And and he practiced a very strict form of Christian asceticism, which the Gnostics were into. Gnostics, without going into it too deeply, kind of believed that there were the good parts and the bad parts of the universe, and mm. they had to, you know, they had to uh, stay away from the bad parts. The flesh was bad, sex was bad. You know, they had to really be a, quite ascetic and, and deny pleasures and right. all that kind of stuff, like the dark side uh, and the force. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, right. exactly. They, they were very, very pure, too mm. pure, as it turns out, the Gnostics, for the regular Christians. Um, they didn't like the purity. They were like, ooh, no, no. But it's too like much. when I go to go to Utah and the Mormons are all so pure, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm feeling this. There's something, something fishy. <laughs> oh, no. Something fishy about this level, level of purity. Yeah, something no one's dirty's as pure. Going. It's like it, yeah. Yeah, it's like going into a David Lynch film. Whenever there's too much purity, you're just waiting for the severed ear to turn That's up right. on the sidewalk. You know, you know, someone is getting ass raped in the, right. you know, behind these little picket fences and these little perfect rose gardens. Someone's tied up yeah. and is getting, you know, with electrodes on their nipples and they're getting ass raped. You, know? yeah. you just know it's going on. <laughs> Uh, anything that's anyway. that tries to anyone who tries to give that impression of that much purity, yeah. you know, this, it's fishy, right? They're putting on a show, yeah. Anyway, at his trial, Priscillian was forced under torture, of course, to admit to studying obscene doctrines, holding nocturnal meetings with shameful women, 
and praying while naked. <laughs> okay. Uh, would have been more interesting if he was having naked nocturnal meetings with obscene women. <laughs> women, yeah. yeah. If you're going to do it. shameful doctrines, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he and his followers were all killed by the sword. So they're sure. Christians being killed by another Christian for not being the right kind of Christian, being too too good Christian. Too, you're right. too good. Um, now, Priscillian's execution is important because it's seen as the first example of secular justice mm-hmm. intervening in an ecclesiastical matter. Uh. So you've got basically an emperor saying, you're doing it wrong, you're doing Christianity wrong, we're going to have you all executed. Wow. N- not, we're going to rehabilitate you, not we're going to lock you away and force you to do it our way. We're going to out and out destroy all of you. Yes. Damn. And this becomes a thing. So this becomes, you know, the the first step in a a long history of Christian-on-Christian violence that we're going to see. Um, But Maximus wasn't all bad. Uh, In 387 or 388, he issued an edict which criticized Christians at Rome for burning down a Jewish synagogue. Good for him. Now, it's important to understand, too, that Christians didn't just hate the pagans and they didn't just hate other Christians. They hated the Jews. They hated everybody. Yeah, they hated everybody. They did. And particularly the Jews, even though they are a Jewish sect, breakaway sect, they kind of hate the Jews because, Mm -hmm. you know, the Jews supposedly didn't like Jesus. And even though the Romans executed him, the Jews get the blame for it. Right. so they were very, very anti-Semitic, um, a lot of the early Christians, for, for a long time. It's one of the roots of anti-Semitism, really, I mean, uh, as we think of it, comes from, comes from the Christians. I mean, the Romans didn't like the Jews because they kept rebelling. They didn't have a problem with them before that, but if they, when they kept rebelling, that's when they kicked them out. It's not really, we hate you just because you're Jews. It was like, you know, we, we can't keep you in here because you're a bunch of, you know, zealot rebels. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so Maximus, when this happened, he was like, hey, you fuckers, that's not cool. Don't go burning down Jewish synagogues. He was condemned by Ambrose at the time, who said the emperor has become a Jew. Ooh. This is how fucking one-eyed old Ambrose is. Like, he didn't even like Mad Max criticizing Christians for burning down a Jewish synagogue. But And we'll see, he's a two-faced hypocrite. Right. As we'll see uh, in maybe the next episode, I guess, because we're running out of time yeah. here. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was what? just going to say, when you, yeah, when you use the, the term Jew as, as a curse or as a whatever, yeah, that's, that's obviously bad. I mean, we're going to see this guy was all over the place, uh, very non-tolerant. Uh, but, um, yeah, but, but the, the action's about to get back to, uh, a very, a very real, very physical plane because Mad Max has decided to finally come south. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is a good place to end it up. Um, we yeah. can tell the rest of the story next time. But in 387, Mad Max finally manages to kick Valley, Valley Kid, Valley Boy, <laughs> Kid Valley. For sure. Out of, out of Milan. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I think, pick up in the next episode uh, what happened from there. Sounds good. Um, before we go, Ray, I want to mm-hmm. I want to read out some reviews and some subscribers because yes. we haven't done that on this series 
um, for a while, I think. So bear with me while I pull that up. While you pull that up and out, do we have Renaissance mugs? I can't remember if I've got so many different sets in my trunk. I have Renaissance mugs up on Redbubble. I don't know if you've got any uh, printed. I don't. But I've I've had some made up just with the artwork, you know, your tiny dick, that kind of stuff. You could start sending out mugs with me as Mona Lisa. Um, what, why, let's talk about that. Why did you commission J-Ro to paint my okay. head on the Mona Lisa? Well, it, it was just tit for tat, uh, because you, you do, <laughs> you, you do the main thing. I've got a small penis, which we agreed we wouldn't talk about. And then you put it out there and I, I just try to throw her money. So my wife can see money transferring from my PayPal account to, to hers just to get her all worked up. So she tries to win me back through sex. It's a win, win win for me so um yeah and and as you can see jessica really got into it (laughs) yeah when you said something about it it was a tit for tat i thought it was i give jessica money and she shows me a tit apparently that wasn't it (laughs) maybe maybe not we'll see that'll be on the next coffee mug (laughs) Uh, let me see. What reviews did I do last time? Uh, well, I don't know. I haven't made a note of it. Anyway, um, I'll read a review here. I'm not going to do Snot Oz because we've done him before. Boy, yeah. It's all the same, all the same reviewers. Well, um, we, we certainly appreciate their enthusiasm to go into all the different podcasts and writing reviews but we need we need new flesh new flesh yeah yeah, yeah new flesh um yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna read snotos's review i don't know if i've read i've read so many of his reviews yeah. recently um, okay. i don't know but i, I gotta do it again because this is good um come for the history stay for the dick jokes have i read this before no I don't know. Well, I thought I was full bottle on the Renaissance after watching the Da Vinci Code. I'm surprised to find a few (laughs) holes in my knowledge. Not for long, cunt. Cam and Ray are here to fix that. A few episodes in and the usual production values I'm accustomed to from their extensive back catalogue is present. A great topic for the fellas to sink their teeth into. It should provide material for the next decade or two at the usual pace. (laughs) Definitely worth the monthly subscription. Uh, together with their other podcasts, I'm tipping more money into the Cam and Ray machine than Netflix each month. Every time my girlfriend asks about it, I'm quick to point out that the documentaries on Netflix don't have a single gay joke and hosts almost never talk about their sexual tension between them. I've never seen a host on Netflix look deep into the camera and say something effective. Listen, just push pause on this lost Roman treasure buried for centuries under the water for a minute. I want to talk about the importance of cunning, cunningless. <laughs> It just doesn't happen. That's why you should subscribe today. That sort of talk probably works better on an audio-only platform anyway. I'm sure if Cam was bringing that sort of talk to his live Facebook feed, I'd have further questions from the other half. Look, it's worth the money. They're top blokes that put the hard yards in. D-back, get around to it. Thank Thank you. Smotos, Snotos, whatever your name is from Australia. I mean, yeah, look, send us your address. We'll send you a note. It's like your third coffee mug, but... (laughs) You know, it's good. Yeah, you it's deserve it. Good you work. Do. Good work. Absolutely. I want to thank uh, some members. So uh, let me mm-hmm. let me toot this. Uh, <laughs> read out these names. Um, Going to try and get them in some sort of date order. Uh, I'll go backwards, I guess. I don't know where we started. Shit, but anyway. <laughs> 
I want to thank the following. Uh, just as all over the place, got, I'm not going to do them in, in like levels or right. I will mention some levels. Um, uh, Rafid Haider, he's a gold. Thank you, Rafid. Anton Scat, Timothy Sanders, another gold member. Thank you. Eric Jacques, Kieran Burns, Andrea Harkis, Wayne Dees is a gold subscriber. Nikolai Ivanov, Mary Del Cid, Gunilla Franzelli, Amanda Wilson, Maxim Vaskov, Killian DeVrent. Cecilia Rotella, Brendan Bateman's a gold subscriber, Mitchell Horacher, Bill Fleming, Carl Stein, Tim Schippel, Kevin Tripp's gold, Karen Murday, Fred O'Sullivan, Ramsey Harden's a gold subscriber. Gold's good because, you know, they're kicking in a bit more than they have to. That's why I'm sharing out the golds. They're like, we're not going for the base level here. We're, We're throwing a little bit extra because it's worth a cup of coffee extra. For Rescue Bogdan, uh, Simon Hubbard, Dave Jevons, uh, Michael Balagula, David Walker, Samuel Nora, Garland Thompson, Merrick Estes, Nicholas Nelson, Hunter Riley. Now, Hunter's been saying, when are you going to give me a shout-out? This is uh, one of my – my uh, this is my eldest child. He's 15 minutes older than his twin mm-hmm. brother. Um, Hunter's gotten – the boys have never listened to the podcast, really, but he's gotten into the Renaissance show. He's listened to it at work. He's listened to it on his community. He's going, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm learning some shit. Nice. So um, – Shout out to uh, Hunter. Thank Hunter. you for listening, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you're a good kid. Very proud. Very, this is the kid, i got to tell you. I think I've told you this story, but three weeks after finishing grade 12, high school, mm-hmm. gets a job as like a marketing manager for a small family business. Not that small. Like they're doing $7 million a year turnover. They're doing big business, but a family business. Gets a job, just goes in, swings the bat. First first ever job interview, swings the bat, says, shit, I know everything about marketing. I'm a legend. They go, all right, they give him the job. <laughs> Not only does he get the job, he's, he, he does, he's doing a good job. He did it for two months full time, five days a week. I saw the output and I'm like, shit, that's impressive. I would mm-hmm. hire you. Nice. Like, that's good shit. And then he's scaled it back to two days a week because he's going to uni to actually oh. study marketing, getting a marketing degree. Right. But um, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. You know, it's like, holy shit, who is this kid? Like straight out of school, boom, gets himself a job. All off his own bat, you know, writes nice. a CV, applies for a job, goes to the interview. No no prompting from his mother. We were in shock. We were like, what? What? Where did he come from? <laughs> so um, very, very proud of Hunter. He's, awesome. He's, uh, he's Role rich. model. Yeah. Um, David Ryland, Alex Newman, uh, Eric Smith, Nikolai Napovsky, um, uh, Ty Hall, Matthew Sabera, Diego Sheridan, Tim McIntyre, Trevor Bell, Simon Connell, Liam Bussell, Ryan Clearly, Gold, Derek Meyer, John Morse, Vincent Giguere, Gold, Natalie Jabiras, Graham Reed, Gold, Alex Kynaston. Oh, look, I got it. What Alex. can I say about Alex, man? You met Alex in the yeah. Durham. Alex, Tony Carson's daughter, she's just, she's fuck, she's awesome. I just yeah. got to hang out with her in New York and 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 in Toronto. She's she's moved to Melbourne now. She's gone, doing a fine arts degree in uh, Melbourne. She did um, get me just, in trouble. Um, someone took really? a picture when you were when you were doing your uh, documentary, and mm-hmm. we were up in that uh, loft. Someone took a picture, mm-hmm. caught you, caught your interviewer, got everything, but it also got her in the thing. And my wife takes a look at that on mm-hmm. my phone and goes, "Well, who's the hot yeah. young babe?" And yeah. I, I couldn't help it. I went, honey, things like this always have groupies. I, I could I could have taken the high road, the mature road, but I did that. And there was no conversation for about a day and a half. So, Alex, you got it going on. Oh, that's, a, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> yeah. win for her. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, Alex, Alex is smart and uh, funny yes. and hot. She's got it all. 
Yep. Um, Darren Giddens Adamantium. So big. Let's give a round of applause to Darren Giddens. Bill yeah. Krzyzewski, Georgina Buzikot, Vincent Kurtzdorfer, another adamantium, another clap for Vincent. Thank you, Vincent, for your support. Bret Hart, Peter Finlay, Adam Wyckoff, Sam Scott, Edmund Carson, Russell Murphy, Curtis Jensen, who came to Durham. We hooked up with yeah, Kurt Curtis. and his uh, lovely yeah. wife. He's gold, uh, which is great. Um, Joseph Wilson, Dean Moyle, another gold. Uh, Darren Bostock, Michael Thank Haddock. You, Darren. Bob, Darren Bostock, by the way, has been a huge supporter of us over the years, giving us a Mwah. ton of money, like just donations. We know Darren's lovely, very, very big supporter. Bob Evans, Kirsty Blake is gold. Stanley Popecki, Matthew Williams, Mary Masalka, gold. Um, Oscar Pierce, farmer, the Oscar the farmer. Uh, we love Oscar. James Thompson, he's a shit farmer, but uh, <laughs> nice guy. Anthony Rennie, Paul, by his own admission, shit farmer. Paula Davis, Stephanie Knoll, Kevin Norman, Michael Alvarino, Mark Scott Adamantium. We clap for uh, uh, Mark Scott. Joseph MacGyver, Kevin Richardson, Marilyn Nelda, Peter Barron, Ivan Barati, Craig Smith. Uh, those two guys are gold. Ivan and Craig. Nice. I think uh, I think I've done these others earlier. Like we're going back. To, I okay. think. I think. Um, I think. I think. I don't know. Shit, Give me a name. Maybe, I, have, maybe I should keep going. I'll keep. I'll keep going. Okay. I'll keep reading because I don't know where, who I haven't read right. out who I have. I'm going to read them all. Um, uh, James uh, Lean, David Drummond, Richard Sumner, Gold, Richard's top bloke, um, one of the supporters of the film, one of the major investors in the documentary, executive producers, Michael Adamson, Andrew McDrury, Nathan Bailey, Gold, Gregory Johnson, Sheena Nichols, Michael Ferreira, Gold, Christian Fossum, Quentin Weber, Daniel Jones, John Sammons, Trucky John. Um, Trucky John. Good day. <sighs> yeah, Trucky John. Matthew Sherman, Andrew McBath, uh, Jordan Channel Quenne, Anthony Dargold, Jesus Bariano Penna, uh, Robert Sullivan, Gold, Wolf Lorian, Dane Forsyth, Sam Harris, not the <laughs> Sam Harris, Phil Bradley, Carl Lilikvist, uh, Thibaut Crochon, James Caffin, artist James, he's gold. Good going there, James. Nice. Tony James. Melissa Weeb, Dario Ianero, Adamantium, legend. Thank you, Dario. Stuart Barraclough, gold. Rod Todd Hunter, Roddy Toddy. Um, Raniel Bankig, gold. Thank you, Raniel. Jared Cluvier, Michaela Claire. Michaela? Michelle? Michaela. Michaela. I'm going with Michaela Claire. Jacopo Novelli, Jeremy Curtois, Sam Norderman. Dan Burkle, Jamie Bennett, gold, uh, Guy Munnings, gold, Mag Cotty, James Barclay, gold, Luke Foden, Luke. Hey Luke, Bob Compare, Wes Bailey, uh, Henning Ratskin, Stephen Lynch, gold, Lucas Gendron, Andrew Geelan, uh, Peter Conciaco, um, William Hunt, he's uh, gold, sorry, Peter, Richard Sumner again, Adamantium, don't know why Richard's in here twice. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Probably a mistake. Jim Petranovic, uh, Derek Lanes is gold. Sean Fish is gold. James Kaplan, Jamie Kaplan. Simon Vessi's gold. John Gielhausen, Gielhausen um, from Tractor Law. Uh, Kylie Simista, longtime supporter. Gary Ard, greatest travel photographer. Thank you, Gary. Matthew Clark, Paul Keyes, Michael Cowley, Rod Roswell, Lisa Grease. Uh, I think Lisa's based in Rome. I think from memory, Lisa's like an art. Uh, is it Lisa? No, maybe not. I don't know. Lisa, the art. Uh, I thought that was uh, like curator. Stephanie and Nicole, in, or in something. Natalie, or Stephanie yeah. might be Natalie. You want somebody? Like uh, well, Lisa's a long time. Anyway, hopefully we'll see them all in Greece. 
<laughs> Lisa's uh, username is Ginger Nuts Wife. <laughs> Why? Oh, this is a good one. Brad McLean. Mm-hmm. Now, I always go with Brad. I don't know if it's McKeon or McLean. Right. Which probably means I've already done these names before, so I can probably stop now. Okay. But um, he's out of Mantium, so big thank you for Brad. But he did tell me in an email, because I never know how to pronounce it. It's like John McLean. Ah. Brad McLean. There we so go. I did remember that. He's Brad McLean, a.k.a. John McLean. Gotcha. Um, all right. I think I've done everyone uh, early in that. If you subscribed, like before November and I haven't read your name out I apologise tell me somebody yeah. email me tell we me love you. I'll, I'll read them out but I think I've done all you, all you earlier guys before so that's the, descri- the subscriber since December because I haven't done it for a while um, uh, thank you uh, and that's the, the show uh, we'll be back next week with more Christian on Christian <laughs> violence <laughs>